Dumelang Lagai, welcome to the NDL show. Allow me to marinate you for a good minute. Now, this track is by Rio Black, it is called Clyde. Don't get a funeral, but a lovely individual. Say your love is kind of spiritual. Me and you are at the real fucking me and you are hella dope. Come on back and we ride to the infinity. If I die, I do know you're going down with me. Got no questions, I know what love is that we bring. Don't need to tell me we talk through telepathy. Do you wanna ride a die, say fly with me? Do you wanna save my life, hold the time, baby? You know I'm complicated. We all deserve that, don't we? What a beautiful song by Rhea Black doing so much right here. This track is actually part of a trio that is available on SoundCloud. It is called Clyde. Now listen, the goddess of finesse Rhea Black is such an incredible artist from Durban and I need y'all to follow her on Insta and Twitter at Rhea Black and do the right thing right there. Thank you for tuning into the show today. There is a lot of conversation that needs to be had. Now, if you haven't done so already, do you tune into our music edition that we had last week? It was quite dope. We only have amazing artists on the show coming through from our country, so really do make time for that. Now, before we get into today's content, do follow us on the socials if you're not doing so already at The NDL Show. Remember to stream the show on our website on theNDLshow.co.za. Now, you can comment, donate, subscribe and all of that, so please do so if you can. We are also live on Control Magazine on controlmg.com. You can also catch the NDL show on the Restville website. Yes, the quarantine and chill website originators on restville.co.za. 
We're also selling the NDL Show merch. We have been having issues with porting that onto our site, so I'm going to put the images on our social so that you can scope. They're selling for 150 rand. Simply place your order by hitting us up in the DMs and we will be sure to get it to you and grow this relationship that we've got going on. On that note, please do share the show so that we can reiterate the truth that is the show, right? As I've mentioned, there's a lot of talk coming up, so do stay tuned. Hi, this is Michael Dean, and you're checking out the NDL show with Nandumi Solhuzo. Keep it locked, because this is where dope stuff lives. This is just November, and you are now tuned into the NDL show. Coming up on episode 27 on the NDL show, we talk the presence of male and or female best friends in and out of relationships with Taporanko. In our commentary and in our main segment, we go into culture and monetizing art with Afrocentric artist Baba Chico. All of this coming up, stay tuned. You are now tuned into the NDL show. So this past week saw a crazy thread on Twitter by Tapo underscore Ranko, right? And he detailed the degree to which his friendship with a girl best friend went in 2018 to say that girl best friends do this thing where they try to trap their guy best friends by testing whether they like them in unconventional ways that surpass the boundaries of friendship. You know what I'm saying? Now allow me to give you a brief synopsis about what the thread detailed so that we are on the same wavelength, right? So Tapo's story starts out by detailing the dynamics of this friendship. And he mentioned that he did everything with his girl best friend, who actually was his neighbor at the time. Yes, she had boyfriends during this period, and this is when Tepo would distance himself a bit. Anyway, the relationships did not work out on her part, right? So when I say Tepo says they did everything, I mean cooking together, showering together, grocery shopping, linking bank cards. She moved into his place for some time and they would get physical here and there, but they wouldn't do anything. That was until about two months after she moved in on the 6th of June, when they engaged in intimate relations which changed everything about their friendship for the worst. So joining us for our commentary today is the one and only thread writer, street shaker, female bestie, storyteller, Tsepo Ranko. Welcome to the NDL show, Tsepo, and thank you so much for joining us. I have so many questions. <laughs> thank you for having me, Doug. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I think when I when I saw your DM, I knew that I need to make time. Mm. But things just got busy, you know, and today was the only chance that I actually had. No, 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 don't worry. I truly understand. We're all so busy and I'm also grateful that you made time for the show so that we can dissect this thread right here. So Tapo, last week you published this thread and I was shook, to be quite honest, because I have been a female bestie before and I had never experienced anything like what you expressed. It's crazy. It's actually a movie. And I have to start by actually asking you this potent question. Is this thread a real reality that happened? I mean, it sounds like a film, like a movie, like it's not possible for it to be real it's 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 100 true you know it's a pity because in 2018 i wasn't as much of a loud mouth in terms of showcasing my lifestyle you know my friends and people who were close to me at the time knew of the situation but even in like for for them you know it was constantly like hey dude are you sure you guys are just friends you know and i'd say yeah until one day, I think one of my friends had to like sit down with me and say, okay, do you guys cook together? I'm like, yeah, what else do you guys do together? You know, 
And I mm. had to like list all of those things and then I, dude, this is a relationship. I'm like, no, it's not. We both know that we're actually friends, you know? But so, so, so yeah, it's like a 100% real story. No lie. Nothing mm. was, was, was filtered or whatever the case is. Nah. And, and you know what? My thing is, I personally believe you. And this is why we're having this conversation because I had to take a step back, man, and analyze, Horeman, what is Tepo saying to me, man? You just mentioned that your friends would question whether you two were friends platonically or whether something was actually happening low-key. And I want to know from you, taking it back to 2018, at some point, did you not think about whether boundaries were being crossed? I mean, I'm seeing this person every day. We're cooking. We're buying groceries together. We're showering. We've linked bank cards. You know, it's any relationships. And I want to know whether at some point you stopped and thought that, man, this is more than a friendship. No. I think, like, okay, that was probably the last thing on my mind because we were neighbors, okay. you know, and to a certain extent, I think for the cooking and the groceries and so on, it was mm-hmm. convenient, you okay. know, it was, yeah, it, it was convenient and we were really close. Like our personalities could just chow. So there wasn't anything like, you know, sinister or whatever until obviously lines got crossed for real. Then I was like, oh, okay, okay. Okay, okay. Okay. So in your perspective, when did the lines actually get blurred? I mean, if these cute things you were doing as a solid collective, you linked bank cards at some point, Joe. So are you telling me that it was only on the 6th of June when you realized that Norman, something's in the water? Nah, I think I I, I somehow got to um, understand that lines were crossed before the 6th of June. Uh, I think it was towards like the end of may that's mm. when i realized uh, uh, no man you know yeah because i think between her and i we had sort of grown to the um idea of okay this is no longer just friendship we knew okay this is no longer just friendship and i mean you look back you know at the previous months we mm. were doing all these cute things together you know and then obviously when I then got to a point where I sucked the boob, that's when we both realized, okay. Okay, something's okay. happening. Okay. Yeah. Okay, guys. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We both realized, okay, this is no longer just, you know, friendship. And I think mm-hmm. after the boob sucking, things became a bit awkward, right? Because now, obviously, we both need to come back and yeah. think, okay what exactly is it that we're doing here, yes, you know? And I think at some point, yeah, and I think at some point, I didn't want to speak about it. At some point, she didn't want to speak about it. So we just found ourselves, like, <laughs> Mina and I, we were so close that sometimes, you know, she'd, she'd leave something, you know, like in my fridge or, or whatever, and hmm. she would have no choice, even though she's mad or whatever, but to come into my place, look for it whatever the case is it's 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 yeah you know it's really just that kind of a setup you know i think until we really had to now face facts it was after the boob sucking because what happened was we moved in together just right around my birthday you know it was just before my birthday she bought me a cake bought me a couple of gifts and whatnot Mm. you know and we moved in together 
Mm. And obviously between her and I, there was no difference, man. It's like she lived just next door. The only difference now is she's sleeping in my bed. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, yeah, that is legit the only, you know, difference. And I think Mm. one thing that experience taught me is that sometimes we're meant to go through certain things because that's the most passionate experience that you'll ever have. Sometimes we really want to put a stamp on love and say it has to be romantic, you know, and it needs to be this, you know, it needs to Mm. be that, it needs to be that. But like in that moment, I experienced a different kind of care and I was able to give that kind of care without feeling like, oh, okay, I could possibly get hurt, you know. That's why... Yeah, yeah, like that's why I think both of us were like blind to what was transpiring. Like we we would just do. Yeah, you wouldn't sit down and think about the technical things. Like things were just unfolding naturally, right? Yeah, yeah, because you know, in that moment, man, and I think I'm um, I'm I'm not sure where exactly I read this, hmm. but I remember reading that the minute you you are you are um in love and you still want to remain guarded, it's not gonna work out. You know, because you're not able to be the most foolish version of yourself that is fully loving, you know, because you still want to like relax, you know, you still want to watch out for the pain that's going to come your way. Mm. And what if it never comes, you know, and I mean, I won't lie. Yeah, like that for me was like one of the most passionate experiences that I've ever had, you know, in Mm. terms of love. And this had come from a friend, you know. Mm. obviously lines got blurred you know and and i feel like i mean i'm not going to say that was bound to happen Mm -hmm. you know it happened because we wanted it to happen yes thank you thank you so much for acknowledging that yes yeah yeah because i mean you can have a male bestie you Mm. know but nothing happens to to that nature everything that happened happened because we wanted it to happen And we went through with it without thinking of the consequences. We didn't care who was going to, you know, get um, uh, offended or whatever the case is. We just did it. Yeah. I hear you, you know, I actually hear you, especially on the part of companionship, because it is true. We do crave companionship, even if it's not in the form of a romantic relationship. So I really do understand what you're saying, you know, and now I have to ask, why didn't you guys just pursue a relationship with each other if you were doing all these things and you yourself were recognizing how you were feeling? Why didn't you guys just make it official? What was actually stopping you? Oh, hey, you know that that. You know, the whole situation was extremely weird, I think, for for the both of us, right? Because mm-hmm. I think the love that we shared when we were friends could have possibly just been more than enough, you know, okay. to keep us going, you know? The minute we wanted to put a title on things, mm. I think that's when things got complicated. You know, I'm not sure, but, like, look at it from like a perspective of marriage you know Mm. sometimes when people are married now they want to change who they are to suit the partner when all along you've been perfect for me we've been like best buddies you know Mm. who are lovers now you're slightly you know not who you were when we met so so i think that's when things got complicated you know and even at a later stage when we tried to sort of fix things it, yeah. it was very hard. 
yeah, yeah, like, oh. trust me, it was very hard. But was it hard solely because of the title factor? Because I completely understand what you're saying as well on that, on how people tend to change or become who they really are when, when you title the relation, right? As soon as you officialize the relationship or get married, the whole facade comes off or you put on another one. So I really do hear you. But are you saying that the title factor was enough to hold you guys back from, you know, getting into a relationship? No. I think when we were friends, we were, we were more naive. Okay. You know, when when we stepped closer into wanting to be girlfriend and boyfriend, we started mm. being guarded. Sure. You know, so so it was a very complicated situation because as friends, we were hundred percent okay with each other. Yeah. But then when we got to that point where it's like, oh, okay, we could possibly be this. It was like, hey the minute things get to that point you're giving someone too much power they could easily hurt you whoa whoa you are speaking volumes right now and bringing in so many things because for me that was the loudest question i had actually i couldn't understand why this friendship didn't just turn into a relationship you expressed that it would get weird when she had a boyfriend. And now that you're mentioning it, were you feeling that way? Because Loki, you knew, man, that you guys were actually supposed to be together. I think she trusted me to such a point where if, if say, for example, a certain boyfriend of hers, right, mm. had a certain flaw, you know, yeah. he would come and share it with me. You know, she'd say, hey, dude, this guy is doing one, two, three and four. And obviously, in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, so you don't like that. Oh, okay. But <laughs> but it's something that just happens naturally, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like, mm-hmm. I mean, you know who she is, you know, in her natural state. You know that she's not capable of doing one, two, three, and four. Mm-hmm. But if she doesn't like something, then she doesn't like it. And there's a valid reason behind that. Yeah. So... When you have all that knowledge of why someone is a certain type of way, it makes it easy for you to understand them. That's true. And I love what you're saying. Again, as people, we do learn from observation and experiences. Now, I want to bring it back to this thread. What prompted you to do something on the 6th of June? I mean, the previous instance, La Bella Itzwara from doing anything further. But on the 6th of June, something prompted you guys to go all the way into intimacy. Why is that so? I think that was like the final moment where we we were both like, okay, mm. I know you, you know me. We'd never do anything malicious towards one another. The sixth happened, you know, and mm. when the sixth happened, because because I remember um, on the sixth, I was writing law of contract, and I and I'm not sure if she she was writing finance or what, mm. but. When we got to our venues, so the venues weren't like far apart from each other, right? Okay. When we got to the venues, we kissed. Mm. And then obviously, in that moment, that's when you think to yourself, okay, no, man. Oh, okay, this is what's happening. Yeah. So, 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 like, it's, 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 like, dude, to be honest, I mean, I'm not even going to say it's weird, you know? I think everyone at least deserves to have someone like that, you know, in their lives. Mm. I think it's because uh, before people go into anything, you know, love related or whatever, you know, when, when people want to be friends or anything of that sort, people are so guarded. Like you are so fortunate if you ever go through an experience where 
someone genuinely wants to look out for you because they like legit have your back mm. and there are no you know ul- ulterior motives and whatnot like to have that kind of a connection is really a blessing i don't want to lie to you i agree i agree and you're equally fortunate when you know you have someone who you don't have to put up this guard for you know that this other person won't hurt you you know internally and I like that you brought the importance of friendship and the aspect of being completely true to yourself without that guard. Because Tapo, you know, when I think of relationships, the prerequisite is a strong friendship to have that foundation. And that's what you guys had. And this is why it's hard for me to grasp what actually happened. You mentioned that you don't speak anymore. Things are not the same. How did you cope with how this relation ended? Because I know I would not be okay. I think it took me a while. Like, I, I don't want to lie to you. It took me a while. I think especially because we were still neighbors um, sure. afterwards. Yeah. We were still neighbors for like another um, year after the sixth. You know, at some point, things were really horrible to a point to a, you know, when you can see that, okay, someone is not necessarily functioning without the kind of connection that you guys had. Yeah. And you're also yeah. like, you know, in the same point, like everyone who knew me knew that you would never just spot me alone. Do you know when, when, when like people see they're like, hey, where's so and so? You're like, uh. yeah, it's it's weird. It's it's now weird. Mm, mm, mm. And you know, at some point, like things really got tense to a point where we didn't even greet each other yeah. and whatnot. And I won't lie, that hurt. That really, really hurt. You know, mm. because it's no longer, you know, with regards to so-and-so wanted a relationship or whatever the case is but it's that thing dude we were so close we really can't even stand being in the same space you know when two people engage in sexual relations people assume that you become closer but with you two the total opposite happened and i wanted to know according to you how come did it not bring you closer as most people assume it does i think it's because we had the 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 full-blown relationship without the sex like yeah so so the sex became a factor and then we just became guarded you know like i don't know how to explain it honestly it's like it's one of those things where already things were okay you know between her and i like everything was 100 percent all right there were no flaws Nothing was wrong, you know, but when that happened, mm. that basically yeah. solidified everything. And I think because of our characters, right? Yeah. Um, she she's very guarded, you know, in a sense. Uh, even when she'd have a gent, you know, yeah. the relationship wouldn't really last for long. It wouldn't last for long because she wouldn't find that kind of emotional connection that mm. she had me with her boyfriends and i think the emotional connection was just enough to get us by without Mm. us doing any other thing and that's a very powerful connection to have because no one can come between it nothing nothing and nobody can change it and now considering this conversation and actually as you reflect on your thread what is your perspective on the presence of a male or female bestie particularly for people in relationships would you look over the situation you went through and recommend it i definitely would not recommend okay like 
I think if you're if you're a very fussy person, mm. if you're um insecure, I 100% would not recommend. I don't want to lie to you. I 100% would not recommend. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tapo, for joining us and letting us in on your experience. This was such an interesting conversation to have. Thank you. Oh, fam. Likewise, likewise. Thank you so much, man. Thank you so much. You heard it right here on the NDL show. You can follow Tapo on Twitter and Insta at Tapo underscore Rango and truly stay tuned. Now let us know what your thoughts are. Have you been a bestie to the opposite sex while they were in a relationship? How's it going? How did it go? Do you secretly wish something would happen between you and your bestie? Has something already happened? Can a male or female best friend relationship truly be platonic and actually work out for the better, that is? Let us know. We are at the NDL show on the socials. You can also comment on this episode on our Insta or our website, theindialshow.co.za, as well as on Control Magazine on controlmg.com. After the break, we talk to Baba Chico about his artistry. Do stay tuned. Uneli uneli love pay the multi vamunya nya matsele in my absence vamunya nya letsele let that come out oh ana tsweleli So today we are also speaking about art, right? And what I absolutely love about local art is its ability to truly bring out our cultural backgrounds through the use of colors, patterns and aesthetics that greatly inform who we are. Now we have an amazing artist on the show today. He's an Afrocentric designer whom I absolutely love. I am sure you have also seen his work somewhere, somehow. He had an amazing collaboration with Minnie Cooper, so that should give you a hint. Yes, I am talking about Baba Chico and truly he is going to tell us what drives him and what makes him believe so strongly in the preservation of culture, particularly through his artwork. Baba, welcome to the NDL show and thank you for joining us. Hello, Nondua. Thank you so much for having me. Definitely. Now, let's go back to your early days of actualizing your artistry. Do you have a cultural background that you may have inherited or are you the first one who broke the cycle in the family? I'm actually the first one in the family. But having said that, um, I need to mention that my uncle... My mother's younger brother was also into sketching. Oh. So I would see some of his uh, sketches and then I would try to copy or redraw what he has drawn. It was mostly cartoon uh, illustrations. So I, I, I would try to redraw that. But from my, my father's, there's really uh, no one who really pursued art. That's quite awesome. And your style is very distinct. One can always tell when an artwork was created by you. Why the specific use of patterns and color? What does your way of expressing and delivering your art mean to you? Mm. So during my third year, um, because I studied creative multimedia at Nemitsa in Pactown, Jubek, um, during my third year, my final project, uh, we had to, to do a final project in which we had to research a topic of your interest and then find a, a problem there and then also come up with a solution, design solution. So I decided because I'm someone who's very passionate about my home language, which is Susotu. 
I decided to try to find something within the Basutu culture. And as, as I kept on digging and trying to find more about it, I then discovered this art form called Ditima. It's the type of art form that was performed by women um, as a way to decorate their homes. You see these mud houses uh, in rural Lesotho and some parts of the Free State. So they would paint um, these pattern designs to, to beautify their homes, but also to communicate certain messages related to maybe the seasons, other aspects of the culture. So I then realized that uh, the tema is actually a disappearing art form. Because of uh, urbanization, uh, people moving from rurals to the urban spaces, and the younger generation not being interested in this art form has led to it not being practiced uh, the way it was uh, previously. Mm -hmm. So I decided, no, uh, as a Mosoto, as someone who's really proud and passionate about uh, Masoto culture, um, I decided to preserve, sort of preserve the, the, the art form, the memory, the history of Ditema, beginning to integrate it in my, in my work. So that's how I sort of developed the style that, I, that I'm using now. Although it has started uh, as mainly Ditema, because Ditema is actually inspired by Holema, which is to cultivate. So okay. you see the cultivated fields, those mm-hmm. lines, yeah. those lines. I used to have a lot of those lines, but I, as I kept on growing, I sort of have my my own identity, my own style, but generally speaking, it's derived from uh, the original Ditema of uh, the Basutu culture. I really admire how you brought in how important the Basutu culture is to you, and you mentioned somewhere how your art pieces speak to and for marginalized people. And our country is very characteristic of marginalized cultures. I mean, black cultures have always been marginalized for so long at that. What do you want people to take away on this point of marginalization? Mm. So um, uh, with regards to the marginalization aspect, mm. um, it's really broad. It's not only, f- uh, I'm not only focused on the Basotho culture, mm-hmm. but um, marginalized African communities, because you'd find that, that these small townships or these rural villages, they do not enjoy much limelight or yeah. uh, more appreciation, but they are actually the ones who are still preserving the core of our of our culture, the practices. When you go to rural areas, people still greet. Um, I think as much as we enjoy civilization, but we were influenced so much by the Western culture that yeah. in the process we, dis- we, we we found ourselves forgetting who we are. When you when you get to urban uh, urban spaces. Uh, it's all about uh, the mentality. It's about uh, me, me, me. You see, mm, there's this me yeah. going. And, but when you go to uh, rural townships and uh, villages, you find that there's this spirit of Ubuntu. Mm. Uh, more about caring uh, for each other and people still greet each other. People still find how's the neighbor doing. There's this uh, sense of community that uh, does not only um, that is not only present to the Basotho culture, but as African in general, mm. we are those type of people. 
people. So through my work, I am trying to sort of reminding uh, uh, the, uh, people, fellow black people in, in urban spaces or also in the diaspora that this is we, who we are and we should yeah. not forget who we are and we should appreciate those people who are living in the periphery because they have consistently uh, carried our culture, protected it, because when you go there, you still find the core of our culture. So uh, that's why I'm, I'm saying in my work, I, I sort of express issues of marginalization mm. uh, and stuff. Yeah, and now that you've touched on how far we've moved away from our cultures, I want to know, because you intentionally make it a point to remember your culture, to vividly practice it, and not just to adopt Western ideas of living as most of us have, how do you make sure that you're constantly in touch with your roots? Do you visit peripheral areas? Are there traditional things that you do religiously? So so uh, at the moment, I'm, uh, I'm based in my hometown of Tumahol in Paris. It's in the mm-hmm. Free State. Mm-hmm. Although I, I made it a point that even though I want to be successful as an artist in the urban spaces and internationally, mm-hmm. I still want to be grounded with, with where I'm coming from. So uh, I'm currently based in, in my hometown, and that is where um, the core of my inspiration comes from. Mm. So that's a way of me staying in touch with the culture. Uh, with regards to, because many people think, actually think I'm from Lesotho. <laughs> I haven't been to Lesotho. My, my grandmother uh, from my mother's side is actually the one who has uh, the roots from Lesotho. Oh, in the okay. Okay. Um, but again, through uh, me creating this work, it's also, a way of me connecting to to to, the, to that part of of, of me yeah. uh, with regards to my culture, but it's something that I will I'll be connecting more going to Lesotho and, uh, and learning a, a bit more. Because again, another thing, there's this saying that the blood of our ancestors are running through our veins. So mm. I'm also a believer of that because. We, we, we represent those who came before us yeah. and through the blood, we're still connected. So it's not like if I'm not in Lesotho, then, uh, then I'm lost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm still connected and I'm still in touch with me practicing this art that I'm doing. So, yeah. You've also mentioned somewhere that your pieces are greatly inspired by a nostalgic palette to reconnect you with your past and to be in touch with the energies of those times. And it's also something that you just mentioned now. Why do you feel that it is imperative for you to constantly look into the past? Many people often want to look forward and sometimes even forget the past because it's often very painful. So I am intrigued by the degree to which your history informs your art now and the future. Mm. Yes, like I mentioned previously, in the past, there used to be this uh, sense of community for Black people in general, mm. especially even here in our country. So uh, I, I would remember those nostalgic moments whereby the, the, there wasn't much that we had financially. Mm-hmm. We didn't do so well as, as Black people but there was this sense of uh, unity and community um, whereby a neighbor's child is also your sibling. Mm. So there was that sense of of unity that we really enjoyed uh, growing up. So 
I, I really visiting each other, checking our, our parents, uh, checking up on um, their neighbors. Mm. So I, I really, that's one element that I really miss. Mm. And comparing that with the now, you'd realize that people are looking for themselves now. It's yeah. more about ambition, my, which is good to, to some extent because you need to put yourself first, but you shouldn't lose that element that, that represents who you are as an African. And mm. that is that element I was speaking about of yeah. Ubuntu. When, when we talk of Ubuntu, that element was mainly practiced in the olden days compared to the now. Mm. But because we have the artists like myself and others who are seeing the situation and that's why we, we try to communicate these messages that uh, in order for us to enjoy the future, there are elements of our past that we, we need to carry forward with. And for me, that's really the, the, that spirit of Ubuntu and yeah. caring for each other. And I think Ubuntu is that element of the culture that will just live forever. There wouldn't be a time where you say you don't need another person. Yeah, so 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 there's a need for there's really a need for that sense of community and we really need to, to go back there but uh, when you look um even the pop culture even um musically mm. people like uh, beyonce uh, and others are really coming back to to that they are really yearning to connect to their um, to their culture, to their roots. They're coming back to Africa because it's not so easy to move forward without having the, those um, profound principles that define who you are. Yeah, so I think it's very important in that way. I definitely agree with you because it is hard to move on without knowing where you come from. It's even hard to appreciate who you are now when you don't reflect on where you have been. Thank you so much for that insight. You have mentioned how invested in culture you are and I wanted to get your opinion on how far you think culture influences the way men, South African men especially, treat women. Mm. I think um, because culture is very broad, there are other elements, like I mentioned, principles that we still need to move forward. But there are also other elements of the culture that are not as relevant. Um, like now we speak of the fact that there, there needs to be equality, gender equality, mm. and something that needs to change because now you cannot have um, a situation whereby uh, women are sort of um, oppressed or where their potential and their talents and their skills are not fully realized because now they need to to be the homemakers. So, so I think that's the aspect of the culture that that needs to evolve. Whereby we cannot just say it's, it's culture, therefore we must continue. But there are elements of culture that are evolving and need to evolve for us to be a, a better society. My work is, is also uh, inspired by women. And during those days, uh, women's role was not amplified or it was not celebrated the, the way it's, it was supposed to. As artists, as creatives, they were just known as women who paint houses. But now they inspired a new generation of the likes of myself who are taking that art of African art and art of Basotho to another level. This was initiated by them. 
and then they are unknown. Like when you look at the history of um, the Tima, you do not find the names of those women who used to create this uh, beautiful works. But now you, you have someone like myself, Baba Jeku, who got inspiration from those women and is known when you, you search, you then find uh, the Tima is uh, linked to to me to the type mm. of work that I do. So I think we need the elements of culture that really needs to evolve to 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 give honor to, to those who, especially women, yeah. for for the amazing work they've been doing. Uh, and I hope also with me doing this work, it will inspire young black girls to come up and mm. decided to also use inspiration from the tema to also give birth to new visual language, artistic language uh, of communicating this culture. And so, and also that they, they may be known as uh, artists in their own right. That is quite profound and really I am so, so relieved to hear this imperative from you on how certain things should not be enabled in culture anymore because people tend to think because, you know, just because it's culture, it must carry on. But I like how open-minded you are. Now, Baba, when it comes to monetization, how did you manage to shift from making the art just for the passion to actually making a living off of it? And what advice do you have for emerging artists? Mm, I think it's it's very important that we need to live off of our our art and mm. our talents. Yeah. And with with me, it has always been a dream that I want to make a living out of my talent. From mm. way back uh, in high school, I always knew that this is something I want to to do for a living. Having read uh, books by other modern artists like Gerard Scott or George Pemba, mm. I really wanted to, to, to earn a living from my talent. Mm. But now, um, when I was doing my, my trick, because initially I wanted to study fine art, but somehow I got this advice that art is not paying, so mm-hmm. I decided to go for, for design. So I'm not complaining about that. But when you complete your studies, that's where you you, you go into the real world. Mm. Although I tried to enter the corporate space where of being employed, mm-hmm. it was just hard for me to exist in, in that space oh. because um, I wanted to express myself, my own ideas and my own uh, feelings, uh, my mm. own talent. That's where I decided to, to, to go independent. And again, uh, the space of art galleries and being represented by galleries and showcasing your work uh, through exhibitions um, like that, it's not easy. Yeah. So I'm really grateful for social media because for me, it's one thing that really helped me to, to, to get started and mm. to be noticed. I think for young creatives who are coming up, I would say you need to really um, first be proud of your talent and also present it in a way that that shows that you are really serious about this thing. Need your social media platforms to promote your talent. You must really put out your best work. And that's exactly what I did mm. because through that, I was approached by, in fact, all the, uh, the, the, the collaborations that I had previously was through social media, wow. through how I position my work and how 
um, I was com communicating my ideas. Mm. Even the mini Cuba uh, got in touch with me through seeing my work, even the, the Channel O uh, collaboration. Mm. Those agents saw my work uh, on, the, on social media. If you really uh, present your work in a, in a way that shows that you're serious, people also get uh, that energy and they are yeah. able to also share about you. And then, and I think it's the best way of putting out your work because by doing that consistently with patience, with passion, it will eventually uh, reach uh, the relevant people who will then come through to want to showcase it or to want to collaborate with you. So I'd really say present your work in, a, in the most beautiful way, an honest way, and it will connect to, 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 to audiences and, and clients. Mm, and, you know, you mentioned collaboration there. What prospects should we look out for in the future from your side? Will you be exhibiting somewhere? You know, what can we expect where if you can say anything? There are two exciting collaborations, but unfortunately I can't say the details. <laughs> One is, um, is a coffee brand, a big coffee brand. Oh. And then the other one is alcoholic beverage. They are very exciting. They are very, very exciting. I'm excited about them. And for one of them, I'm shooting a promotional video tomorrow in Joburg. Yeah, so I'm very excited, but definitely because I'm very active on social media. Mm -hmm. So we'll be sharing those content and people uh, People can also, they will see, because like you said, my work is very visible. It so is. you see some <laughs> coffee brand with mm. uh, elements on them and you just know. But there yeah. will be promotional video um, as soon as the projects are launched. Uh, yeah. And then I'm hoping from there, there will be um, exhibitions that, that, that come up from that. But for now, the, the things that are confirmed is those two uh, mm. collaborations that I'm very, very excited about. I am excited too, you know, on your behalf as well as mine as the audience. So we will be keeping an honest eye on your social media pages for that. Thank you so much, Baba, for joining us and reminding us that it is important to remember, to remember our cultures and histories. You do it so well in the art. Thank you so much for making time for us. Thank you so much, Nandu. Um, and I really appreciate uh, the platforms like this one because it really is um, a great tool uh, for us to reach uh, wider audiences, especially the, the, the younger ones who are coming up who really want to, to pursue the artistic ventures. And yeah, I think it's a, it's a very great platform that you have. And I, I just wish you can continue until until. That was Baba Chico, an amazing artist. I need y'all to head over to Insta and follow him at Baba underscore Chico. He recently released a catalogue, so be sure to check it out. Homeowners, please do support local artists. Now, it's been a crazy few weeks, and I wanted to request that when you say your prayers tonight, please remember Africa in its entirety. A lot of things are not okay as it stands. And now concluding this episode is the sick song by Indigo Stella. It's called Boss Up. I don't know what else to tell y'all, man. Indigo has been working on so much fam and she's so young. She's really killing it. So it's really beautiful to see. So do follow her on Insta at Indigo Stella. On Twitter, she is at Indigo Stella underscore SA. 
From my producer Tilani Sidra and I, boss up. I had a boss up, nigga, boss up. I only rock up with the cost up. That nigga too soft, gotta tough up. I make the car strip to the top off. In the name, name in the past months. Now she doing big things and they all touched. Hey, plan on going big with no plan, nigga, shit. If you stand, better be because I walked up, yeah. Niggas do the most with the hate, yeah, yeah. Keep it to the finger, nigga, lame it. I've been grinding away before the fame, yeah. And I don't like the fame, so I don't anger. My mom's got a problem with the rap thing. My pops feeling guilty because he sang, man. So out of all the fam, he the one you should blame for the thing that I bring to the game, man. Yeah, real niggas stay up in the lanes, fam. I left some niggas back, they delayed, fam. Some dude last year told me off because he wanted bucks from me. Now he still be trying to ring me. Yeah, how those niggas still be trying to ring me? Yeah, how you niggas still be trying to ring me? My brother said I'm too nice, people take advantage of me. I said, no, I'm nice and all fake niggas, huh? Boss up, nigga, boss up. I only rock up with the cost up. That nigga too soft, gotta tough up. I make the car strip to the top off. Indie name lame in the past months. Now she doing big things and they all touched. Hey, plan on going big with no plan, nigga. Sit if you stand, better be because I walked up. Yo, I had a boss up, nigga, boss up. I only rock up with the cost up. That nigga too soft, gotta tough up. I make the car strip to the top off. Indie name lame in the past months. Now she doing big things and they all touched. Hey, plan on going big with no plan, nigga. Sit if you stand, better be because I walked up. So my whole life's been a mother flipping game And everything's nice when you're not the one that people finna Hey, I had a boss up, nigga The truth is, everybody want the clout now So I'm God, nigga, I'm going bow, nigga I'm going dumb, nigga, I can't slack in for sure Can't stop, nigga, boss up, nigga, boss up I only rock up with the cost up That nigga too soft, gotta tough up I make the car strip to the top off Name, name in the past months Now she doing big things and they all touched Hey, plan on going big with no plan, nigga Sit if you stand, better be because I walked up I had a boss up, nigga, boss up I only rock up with the cost up That nigga too soft, gotta tough up I make the car strip to the top off Indie name, name in the past months Now she doing big things and they all touched Hey, plan on going big with no plan, nigga Sit if you stand, better be because I walked up